Hello, Nathan. Hello, Brendan. Hello, What Were They Thinking fans. This is Mario, the host of the Superiority Complex podcast. Uh, the movie I have chosen for you is Hook. The reason is, apparently, I'm something of a jerk because I hate this movie. I have never been able to make it completely through this movie, although I've seen bits and pieces of it. Uh, it was released at a time when I just didn't care about... Uh, this kind of a story. Uh, I think it came out, I was maybe 1991, so I was either 20 or about to turn 20. You know, when you're 20, you don't have time for uh, stories of uh, lost childhood and things like that. Uh, it's interesting because I was a huge fan of Spielberg growing up. Uh, Jaws was one of the first movies I remember seeing on television. It scared the crap out of me. Um, I grew up loving Raiders of the Lost Ark, Close Encounters, E.T., um, you know, all the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, Spielberg was one of the names along with George Lucas that I actually knew uh, was a filmmaker that I liked growing up. Um, when you're a kid, you don't really pay attention too much to that kind of stuff. But uh, Spielberg's name was attached to stuff. He produced stuff that I like, like Back to the Future. So, um, yeah, it's just interesting. I had, I've never had any interest in this movie. I've tried to watch it a few times to see if I'm wrong. And I can never get past the first maybe 20 or so minutes. Uh, I've seen clips of it here and there. I've seen clips of the Lost Boys and, and Neverland. And it eh, it just falls flat. I've seen clips of Dustin Hoffman doing Captain Hook. And I have zero interest. So I don't know if I was trying to be mean to you guys. I don't remember recommending this to you. I'm, I must have just said it offhandedly to be funny. And you poor guys went ahead and picked it. So maybe you'll like it. Maybe it's got a sensibility. Um, you're younger than I am, so uh, there's that. So maybe you guys will dig it. Maybe it's something you watched growing up. But I will definitely listen. And uh, I will listen for your analysis because I don't want to sit through this movie. So enjoy? Question mark? You know when I pick a movie That's when I'm Well, here we are, Nathan. Here we are. Yes, here we are. And I just want to say that is the most heartening intro I've ever heard. I'm not the oldest person doing podcasts. Flip, flip, flam! Oh my god! I'm younger than someone doing podcasts. Nathan I is elated right so now. So happy. Thank you, Mario. <laughs> Congratulations, you just made Nathan the happiest, the happiest girl in the world. <laughs> uh, so we have uh, reached the end of Listener's Choice Month. Mm. And, and it, it was not as painful as I'd anticipated. And no. no Better than not. most years, that's for sure. Yeah, this was relatively not hard. Yeah. Well, we did Freestyle, and then um, we did Deep Blue Sea, and, and then... Masters of the Universe was last week, and this week it's it's Hook. And my first note is, hey, I remember this being good. The Hook brings you back. Right? Is it a Blues Travelers movie? No, 
Don't make me stab you. <laughs> I'm telling you no lie. Oh, oh, God. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Starring John Goodman as the lead singer. <laughs> Fun fact, he was actually on Roseanne, the lead singer of Blues oh, Brothers at one point. I thought you meant fun fact, John Goodman was on Roseanne. <laughs> no, the lead singer of Blues Traveler, because they did the, the theme in the last season. I was going to say, what a trivia item that is. <laughs> Guys, fun fact, Roseanne Barr, on Roseanne. On Roseanne. Well, not, not anymore. anymore. Hey! I mean, <laughs> she kind of fucked herself over there with that one. Right. But we are talking about 1991's Hook, and like I said last week... A name I thought I would never say on this podcast unless I was saying this is the opposite of a Steven Spielberg movie and in that it's bad because this is a Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. Yeah. On our show about bad to questionable movies. Mm-hmm. So what do we got here? We got a huge budget adaptation, sort of, of Peter Pan. Yeah, it's not an adaptation. It's a continuation. Well, I mean, that's why I said sort of. It's like a spin on the story. Yeah. Yeah. But you got Rob Williams, Dustin Hoffman, Julia Roberts, I mean Bob Hoskins, big big names, some some great cameos uh as well. Glenn Close is a pirate in this movie. Yep. Yep. Yeah, uh, David uh, Crosby's in there. Yeah, Carrie Fisher and George Lucas are the couple that kisses uh on the bridge. Yep. Which I'm sure they Carrie Fisher was very happy because I hear her and George got along great. <laughs> 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 but um yeah so it's it's it, there's a lot going on it's a 70 million dollar budget movie which in 1991 so it's probably over 100 today yeah two hours 21 minutes long uh it made 300.9 million dollars which yes it is a lot but apparently according to the film's wikipedia page this was uh this didn't do as well as they thought it was going to do <laughs> so they actually expected to make a lot more money on this and i think it it only made four times its budget. <laughs> well, three times, yeah. Three times, but yeah. I think they expected to turn this into like a like a franchise, and I guess that didn't. The, this combined with the sort of mediocre reviews at the time, I'm thinking they were gonna, uh, in their headspace, I'm guessing they were saying we're probably gonna get some diminishing returns as we move forward. I'm not saying that's too bad because I I feel that it. As a piece unto itself, it I don't feel it needs to be part of a franchise. No, um, yeah, and, and like everything's a fucking franchise nowadays. Yeah, nowadays, but yeah. not then a days. <laughs> oh my god, we always coin these words on the show that I'm <laughs> I end up using in my real life. <laughs> I, I I wish I could be there the first time you use that at work. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not a, that's how we do it nowadays. That's not how we did it then a days. Yeah, we don't do theaters, theater checks like that anymore. But then a days we did. Yeah, and then, you know, the 17 year old who just got hired at the theater is like looking at you blinking, going, fuck, you're old. Yeah, they're like, they're like, what's that? Is that like uh, a song by Ariana Grande? And I'm like, I don't shut. know any memes that say then a days. <laughs> I'm like, shut your dumb mouth. <laughs> I'm old. Arr! Which perfectly sets up the movie Hook. Dovetails right into it quite nicely. Yep. So, right off the top, I'm going to say, yes, there are questionable things which we'll definitely talk about in this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad movie. I don't either. Sorry, Mario. Yeah. <laughs> but he does make a good point that 
he would have been about 20, and I, being the older of the two of us, would only have been about 12? Yeah. Maybe 13? Because you're not the youngest, you're not the oldest podcaster! Yay! I I need a shirt that says that. Not the oldest podcaster in the world. <laughs> well, you can head to redbubble.com. That's redbubble.com or TeePublic. You should absolutely make a t-shirt out of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, done. I would self I I would do more self-supporting of the of the podcast if that was a t-shirt. <laughs> Just so I could have it at work, not the world's oldest podcaster. Yeah, read it and weep, boys. <laughs> So what, it, Patty, again, uh, she watched this with me. Yeah. And she had a better time than she did with Masters of the Universe. Had she seen this before? No. Wow. That is the oddest thing about this this whole experience watching this. She had never seen this movie. She had never heard of this movie. Really? That was the most bonkers thing. Because when this movie was released... Uh, in theaters, and moreover, when it was released on video, yeah, I could not rent a movie without seeing an ad for this movie. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I guess I was like five when this would have been in theaters, so I definitely didn't see it there, but I definitely saw it in the video store all the time. And here's a fun story, too. She pegged it almost right away as a take on Peter Pan, yeah. which it's pretty easy to do. She when she watched Masters of the Universe with me for last week's show, she took half hour, forty five minutes to realize that it was a He Man movie. I mean that's also fair. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I know he's called Skeletor, but I don't think this is the same thing. <laughs> no. Yeah, so yes, this is a continuation, like Nathan said, more appropriately, a continuation of the Peter Pan story, and we start this film in the present day, and the boy who was once known as Peter Pan, which we'll find out later, spoiler alert, has my mom's cell phone. My mom had a cell phone like that, honest to God, for 25 years. Yeah, it's a great big She uh, never got rid of it. It, You know what? It's, It's funny because... We would make fun of it for her basically having a brick phone, mm-hmm. but she got better coverage most of the time than we ever did with any of our digital cell phones because hers was analog. Much like Rob Williams' character in this movie. He's analog, yes. Because a phone was in the snow for an entire movie and the person was still on the line. <laughs> right. So his name is Peter Banning. In case Panning. you. Uh... Panning. No, I, I think they actually do say Banning. No, because he, they, I'm, I thought they said panning because they said pan, panning, pan, no. panning. Yeah, no, I, I get that, but I, I legitimately think it's banning. Fucking looking it up. Okay. <laughs> Continue. I'm rewatching the movie right now to check. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he is a businessman who does business things. And, of course, you know, the stereotype, the, the stereotype of these movies, he's more concerned with you know, answering his phone than being with his family because we start off with they're they're watching a play with his kid. Actually, the play is Peter Pan. Not having seen this in a long, long, long time when I watched it this time, I was like, "Oh wait, what? I don't remember where this story goes at all." <laughs> so, and in true Peter Peter Pan fashion, Peter Pan in this play is also played by a girl pretending to be a boy. Yeah. 
Yeah, that is a thing that has existed through a lot of Peter Pan movies and plays. So uh, he gets a phone call in the middle of the play, and of course he takes it. And I love that the <laughs> that the kid who's like, "Ain't you gonna come to my game, Dad?" And he has a baseball and mitt on in the crowd of the play. <laughs> That's how much he loves <laughs> baseball. He, yeah, he just always has it with him. <laughs> All right, I have to concede. You are correct. Uh, it is listed here as Peter Banning. Yeah, see, they can't be on the nose too much. Well, see that. As a kid, I always heard panning. Mm. Well, when we're children, our B's and our P's are often crossed. It's clearly a Mandela effect. Oh, shit. It's like the Flintstones. I had no idea. What? I thought it was Flintstones. I didn't know there was an extra T in there. Okay. I thought it was just spelled F-L-I-N stones. Okay. That would make no sense. Well, I, I don't, it, that's how I pronounced it. It didn't make sense. I don't call them Flintstones. Flintstones. <laughs> I just say Flintstones. Flint stone, a flint, a stone of flint, Flintstone. I, oh, I get the actual, I, I get that it makes sense that it's spelled that way, but it doesn't We're talking sound about like Hook. that. You know what? Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. John Goodman movie aside, because that's all it is, right? Coming soon. Yeah, oh, no shit, yeah. Or at um, least the sequel starring the dude from Still Standing and the Full Monty. Oh, uh, either one is ripe for mocking. I, I feel that the the second one more so. <laughs> Maybe doesn't the second one have like uh, Kristen Johnson in it? Uh, Sally from Third Rock from the Sun. We are no. not talking about Hook <laughs> at all. Well, like we said, it's not it's not a bad movie. <laughs> So let's Sorry. talk about bad movies. Sorry, Mario. Now we're moving on to the Flintstones. Viva Rock Vegas. <laughs> so the movie opens with Fred Flintstone. <laughs> anyway, Hook. So he right. is a, a not a present father, I guess, is what they're trying to get across. Well, I think it's not that he's not present. It's just it seems that he's not present for his son. Yeah. he's, he's Which not... I feel actually drives the drama more in this movie. And I feel is what actually makes the story that much better. Yeah, and to the point where he's at the office so much that they have uh, dueling cell phone contests. Oh, I remember, even as a kid, I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> like, yeah, so they're basically doing like a, like a, it's like a gun duel, but instead of a gun, obviously, because that would be crazy, they pick up their phone and... and say uh, hello! Yeah, answer it before the other person. And then, like... This movie, we gotta say, too, as an overarching thing, is super whimsical. Yes. And the fun thing, the thing is, the we get to see here, uh, Peter Banning, um, mm. as I've been corrected. Yes. Formerly Peter Pan. Has a fear of flying. Yeah, to which his office co-workers all are, like, making these, like, flying motions, and then they all say in unison, like, what do they say? They're like, don't let your arms get tired. Which I thought was more creepy than charming. Uh, it's very, it's very corporate team. Yeah. Humor. I was like, oh, okay. It's, it's safe without, you know, any real ability to did you happen to catch what the what the uh the the name of the airline it wasn't it, was, it wasn't like american airline it was oh it was pan, pan am. am pan am right wah, yes wah. there we go <laughs> but unlike ben and arthur it was not a car it was not a cargo flight <laughs> <laughs> before that we we do see that he actually he doesn't make it to jack's baseball game Jack no he does not son. yeah 
And he, and uh, he sends and, a guy to videotape it. Yeah. <laughs> in true 80s, early 90s fashion. And then he shows up once everyone is, like, long gone. Yeah. And I feel that if he'd been pulling up there and there were no cars or people, he would have just stopped and go, ah, shit, I missed it. <laughs> and then turned around and drove home because nobody was there. Yeah, you had to walk all the way up to the field. <laughs> I did notice that the kid on third base during the game did not have a batting helmet on. And that's not a thing. <laughs> I played the league up until the end of the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I had to wear my batting helmet when, as a runner on base... You wore the helmet the entire time. It didn't come off. Yeah. Because you could still get struck in the head with a baseball. Yeah, that that is a that is for sure. Mm. Um, so they are going to London because Peter explains that uh, Wendy, who of course you know from the Peter Pan story, but I think he introduces her as the kids like. Well, yeah, no, he is the kids' grand the kids' grandmother. It'd be their great grandmother. Their. Well, just wouldn't it just be their grandmother? Because it's like Moira's mother, right? Nope, she is Moira's grandmother. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So, you still right... Take that! Wait, really? Yeah. Oh. Okay, okay. Because I, I thought later when he goes up to Moira that she's the daughter, but... No, at the... Uh, we're going to, spoiler alert, jump to the head to the end. Okay. She she goes, Peter, that's, that's my 13-year-old granddaughter sleeping oh. over there. Oh. And he's like, can I kiss her? <laughs> Sorry. No, Peter, I won't do to her what you did to me. Just let me kiss her while she's sleeping. Aptly played by Maggie Smith (laughs) as Wendy. I was so like, oh, this isn't as romantic as it was in 1991. But that's the thing, we were sold on that sort of stuff. I know, now it's like... I I feel that that is at, at least part of that is at the core of the stalker behavior you've seen from guys... In the uh, late 2000s up until now. It's because they were sold a bill of goods that that sort of thing was romantic and uh, something that women wanted. And then they find out, no, it's not. It's creepy and it's a lack of consent. Guys, if we could give you a free tip from this podcast, don't kiss women that are sleeping. Bad idea. Bad idea. (laughs) So anyway, but before we get to that, yes, yeah. they, they are flying and Jack is not only a, a, a baseball player, he is also a, a burgeoning artist. He is also a pretty big dick. He, I feel he's earned that, though, because honestly, if dad can make it to his sister's plays but can't make it to any of his games, I think he's right to feel a little slighted and act kind of dickish towards his dad. I guess I just don't like the fact that he's throwing a baseball on the roof of an airplane. That, yes, I have a note, a stewardess would have stopped that a long time ago. And then throws it at the window. Yeah, they're double pain. Yeah, and Rob Williams is like, I have a fear of flying, you <laughs> asshole. And the fact that the he, he drew a picture of the plane crashing, and everybody in the family except for Dad has a parachute. <laughs> yeah, that's a little much. I mean, disp- I respect his right to be a little dickish towards his dad about the way his dad behaves. Mm-hmm. Fun fact: We're recording this on Father's Day. Yeah, uh, I just realized that too. <laughs> 
But as much as I recognize the fact that he deserves to be a little bit of a dick towards his dad because of the way his dad is, that's a bit much. Yeah, yeah, drawing a picture of him dying is a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> but they're going to uh, going to Wendy's because she is going to be... Uh, wing of the hospital, I think, is going to be named in her honor. Or mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, so they they go to they go to the house to visit Wendy, played as you said by Dame Maggie Smith. She's wonderful and everything, and I and everyone loves her, of course. Former WCW heavyweight champion Maggie Smith. What? <laughs> uh, come again? <laughs> nah, I just thought that'd be awesome if that were the case. Plus, it oh. gets our wrestling reference in. <laughs> I was like. Did I miss, like, an entire week of WCW when that happened? <laughs> Notice I said a week, because in WCW, titles change basically every television Oh, episode. yeah, that would have happened on Monday Nitro, and she would have lost it on Thursday yeah, Night Thunder. Yeah, she beat Sid Vicious on Nitro, and she lost it to David Arquette on Thunder. <laughs> I was gonna say, she she beat Sid Vicious on Nitro, and Finger Poke of Doomed it to Hulk Hogan on Thursday. <laughs> like, Hulk Hogan would show up on Thursday Thunder. <laughs> Yeah, right, really. Well, he would do it via pre-recorded video. We are not talking about Hook again. <laughs> Maggie Smith is in the NWO, brother! <laughs> bow, bow, bow. <laughs> We're coming out to the Hendrix and, and strumming the belt like it's a guitar. <laughs> She'd fly out to the ring, because it's like also to promote uh, the re-release of Hook or something. <laughs> Just remember, brother, Hook's on DVD, dude! Thank you so much, Mario. Thank you for this. So Peter Peter and uh, his wife and the kids come in to the, uh, arrive at the place, uh, arrive at her house. Peter is on the phone nonstop. Just being a total prick. <laughs> yeah, being a total prick. And then the, ki- the kids are just, like, in his ear, like, screaming, screaming, trying to do anything to get his attention. Eventually, he's just like, shut up! And here's the thing. I've been there. Mm-hmm. I've been there. However, I like to feel that I handled it with a little more decorum than he did. Because he just flat out starts screaming, With everyone, shut up! Usually with me, with my children, <laughs> when I'm doing something like that, if I'm on the phone with somebody and they're in my ear... Usually, my I, I'll be like, can you just hold on for a second to the person I'm talking on the phone to? I'll put the phone to my chest and just stare daggers at my children. I feel it's it's a less loud way to do it. I don't know. They may have issues with dirty looks later as they get older. <laughs> Wait, you shoot daggers from your eyes? Nathan, that's well, way worse. In a, in a physical sense. I'm not a master of the universe and okay. have special powers. <laughs> Again, we've got off hook. <laughs> <laughs> bit of a tangent bit of a tangent so but still peter being a prick peter pricking peter prick yes peter peter prick they go to these both uh terms for penis what are you saying <laughs> both are terms for a penis oh god peter prick well wait, wait let me confirm with mariah she's nodding her head they are okay okay we have to confirm with the expert right so um to further this idea of him not being great, uh, Peter, they go to this board of trustees meeting for, or go, it's a board of trustees thing, uh, to honor Wendy or whatever. And they leave the kids basically alone. Cause they leave them with like that 
crazy old guy who we'll learn more about later. Well, there's it's and Liza's there too. And Liza, but I mean, basically alone. She, she seems like a fun old broad. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't seem super uh, aware of everything that's going oh, on. You know, you didn't. Uh, uh, what's the daughter's name? Uh, Maggie. 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 Uh, gives Peter a hug. But not a hug like, you know, she reaches her arms around her and squeezes him in an embrace. She builds him a parachute. Oh, yeah, and she's like... So cute. The nice thing about this movie is because the way they're playing up Peter right now is just shows that any sense of whimsy he has is kind of dead. Because he... Anytime that Maggie mentions anything kind of fanciful, he's like, sweetheart, that's not really how that is. Yeah, stay away from windows. You know what I said. We don't like windows. Yeah. <laughs> she actually like makes that. mention of a man at the window, and he's like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah, yeah, because that, and then we later learned that was Captain Hook. And, but we also figure out that you know, in 2019, there's no way that any parent would be just like, "Yeah, whatever." Because <laughs> my kids fucking told me there was a guy at the window who snuck into the room and took something. I'd be like, "Call the police." You, you like go back to sleep, kids. It's fine. So they do their presentation, but when they come back, the kids are gone. Captain Hook has snatched them. But, and I, I hate to keep drawing back because I know we want to get to the good stuff. Yeah. But we do see that uh, the, the story or the exposition of Peter that he was an orphan and uh, Nana Wendy helped find him a home. And this whole section of the hospital is being named for her because all the help that she has done with uh, orphans. And we find out, unbeknownst to her, everybody in the audience was a child that she helped. (laughs) Every single person. It it was a little heavy on the schmaltz, but still a sweet moment. So, I mean, if you're a a 20-something nihilist, this movie is not going to apply to you. No, that's right. As you probably were, Mario. <laughs> um, so the kids are gone. We do get an awesome cameo with Phil Collins. He was the head detective. Oh, I did not notice that. Yep, yeah, that's his, uh, yeah. And <laughs> somebody has gone through the house, scratching and scarring the wall with a hook, like a serial killer would. <laughs> and left a piece of, like, parchment paper. Yeah, and uh, how does Detective Phil Collins see this? That's probably a prank. Yeah, probably a prank. Your kids probably just ran away and scrolled on this perfect piece of parchment paper with a pen they couldn't possibly own. Yeah, with with perfect uh, calligraphy. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's probably fine. Anyway, I gotta <laughs> go to the recording studio. I'll be back later. <laughs> they they do have some. Unlike our last movie, mm-hmm. there are a lot of delightful nods to the source material, even though the whole thing obviously is a, sp- a continuation of the source material. You do get, like, the hat and glasses and bear that uh, Michael and... I can't remember. John. Yeah, John. Yes. John and Michael wore, uh, in their as their characters are described in the original stories. Can I ask a real quick question about Phil Collins? Yeah, what do you think was a who do you think was like a crazier co-star for him, Robin Williams in this movie or Ultimate Warrior in that music video? <laughs> um, I feel uh, <laughs> Robin Williams may have been a little bit more frenetic. Mm. Uh, he was a lot 
l- lot less hate-filled. That's true. <laughs> Wendy, this is where we get a lot of exposition. Wendy's trying to tell Peter who he is, mm-hmm. that he was in Neverland, et cetera, et cetera. And he thinks that she's just hitting on him. <laughs> yep, because she gets really close to his face, and he's like, are you going to kiss me? <laughs> and then that's not enough to convince him, so instead we get an appearance of... Julia Roberts as Tinkerbell, or as she was known on the set, Tinker Hell. That's too bad. Yeah, well, here's my thing about this, though. Apparently, a lot of people said she wasn't, like, the the easiest going person to work with during this movie. Mm-hmm. But I feel like her role was not a lot of fun to do. No, because she would not have actually been in the scene at the time. Yeah, so all her scenes are against a green screen. It's like saying Robert Downey Jr. is a disaster to deal with when you're all you're shooting is him in a black room reading lines because it's supposed to be the interior of the iron man mask right and i'm sure he had moments like that but of course like people don't mention that but Hmm. i feel like julia roberts was probably just getting a little frustrated at the lack of anything to really play off of because when you're an actor that's the number one thing that helps yes reaction because that's that's what feeds everybody's feeling in the scene is how you're reacting and you have to adjust. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly, like, I wasn't there in 1991, but I'm going to go ahead and guess that it's a little over over the top in that reaction to her. I will say this, though. Yeah. Pixie cut Julia Roberts? Yes, please. Oh, oh my. She is Ooh. gorgeous. She is beautiful in this. <laughs> yeah, especially, and then especially when she gets to, like, human size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, right. So she shows up and she's, uh, Tinkerbell shows up and has a little back and forth with Rob Williams. He tries swatting her like a fly a couple times, uh, <laughs> but she like knocks him off his ass with the carpet. She's got crazy strength. Yes. And eventually she just like, she's like, no, we got to go back right now. We got to save your kids. Captain Hook has them. So she wraps them up in a carpet or a blanket or whatever. And, and then there, off to never, never land. <laughs> he ends up in Pirate Town. Yes, because it is a hell of a soundstage. Yeah, it's it's it is, and it's the design is amazing. Yeah, I was really like because I mean, more often than not, when you see a movie today, it's shot on a location mm-hmm. or a built location has been built up to look like this. I mean, you can tell it was shot on a soundstage, but it's something that really adds to the whimsy of this movie rather than taking away from it. Yeah, the production design and costumes alone in this movie are top fucking notch. Yeah. So, we get I'm pretty sure right from the beginning here, uh, well, we meet Mr. Smee, played by Bob <laughs> Hoskins, who is wonderful. Talking and, to some whores. Yeah, talking to some whores. <laughs> but we also, I think there's a reference to Good Morning Vietnam. Is there? Because I think at the beginning we get him with his, uh, he has like a megaphone, and he says, Good morning, Neverland! Oh, yeah, okay, yep, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, but I love Bob Hoskins. <laughs> and he does this role, he's pretty much perfect for this part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's walking around with this uh, new hook for our old friend Captain Hook. And I know we talked about last week how Frank Langella was, like, the major bright spot in Masters of the Universe. Yep. Dustin Hoffman in this movie, just killing it. Oh, yeah. And he, 
They install the hook, and there's like fireworks. Smee's is pitch man, and and when he delivers, for the lack of a better term, that promo. (laughs) Oh, he is. I mean, Dustin Hoffman, obviously a legendary actor, anyway. But in this movie, it like I can't even see anyone else playing the part. He's so good. Yeah, there was nobody half-assing it on this movie. No, I found not a single person. Well. I mean, nobody half-assed it, but I will argue the kid performances are not great. <laughs> but they're kids. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there is there is that. Uh, but I still feel like all the, f- the experienced actors were given it their all. Oh, all of the adults are, yeah, are full force, like, let's do this. We're in it. We do, we do get mention of the Tiger Lily incident, which is a nice little callback to the original Peter Pan stories. Yeah, it's another it's another uh, reference to the source. Material. Oh, you know what we didn't do? We didn't real quick. We didn't talk about how you know how Grandma Wendy is actually Wendy. Yeah, they make reference to the fact that the person, uh, the fellow who wrote the original Peter Pan stories, yeah. was like her neighbor, J. M. Barry, and she had told all the stories to him, and he wrote the stories in return. Which Finding Neverland told me looks just like Johnny Depp. Yes. <laughs> or Sweeney Todd. Yeah. Also, uh, also great movie, by the way. Yeah. So, uh, we get, the, so anyway, Captain Hook is cutting this promo, like you said, uh, talking about how he killed the crocodile that once, uh, wanted to devour him and turned him into a, cl- turned it into a clock and he stuffed it and it's on the ship. He's tick-tock the croc. Tick-tock the croc. And now... <laughs> We get a cameo from Glenn Close, and I love this cameo because you don't know... I don't think you know it's Glenn Close unless you looked it up. No, you would have to. Because she plays just like a dude. She plays a pirate. To a Tyler Perry in proportion. <laughs> I mean, you can't recognize that it's actually Glenn Close. Just like you can't tell unless somebody tells you, that's a man in a dress when you see Tyler Perry playing Medea. You're the worst. <laughs> Uh, so Glenn Close is the only one that doubted Captain Hook, he, uh, she admits. And as a result, she gets put in the boo box. The boo- what the hell is the boo box? Uh, it's a treasure chest where then they put scorpions in after to, I guess, kill her? Are you making this up? Uh, that's what it was. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the cameo, Glenn Close cameos and immediately is killed. But that's a cameo, that's how they work. Uh, so at this point, Peter finally steps forward because he he sees the the kids are in a net. Captain Hook has them has them captured, and Hook hilariously reacts to this like, "Oh, you're just like a fat middle aged dude." Like I don't. This is sad. Like I don't even want to fight you, right? Because he wants a challenge, which I I think is another kind of cool twist on that. I, I also it's a it's really fun that it's like you're you're doughy and pathetic. The war has been canceled. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, if you can fly up to the to your kids, and no, he doesn't even say fly up. He says touch their fingers. Yeah, get make your way up there and touch their fingers. Then I'll just let them go. Which I don't understand why he couldn't have. Because, uh, well, he was scared of heights, right? Well, you know what I mean. It's your kids, bud. Yeah, but I mean... Not to be maritime about it, but... Bud, get your shit together, eh? (laughs) I mean, phobias... 
sometimes even overrule that, like natural instincts, no, right? No, he, that, If that's the case, he didn't love his kids. <laughs> okay, thesis statement. Uh, but yeah, he doesn't get. He doesn't do it. He doesn't. Re- he's not able to reach them. And of course, Jack is like, he didn't even try. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, I think he tried. He didn't try hard enough. <laughs> he could have jumped from that mass to the net, yeah, and touched their fingers, met the requirements, been done with it. Back in England, listening to the Clash, having a nice sip of Gilby's gin. Um, I did write down though that there was something that I thought was really funny is when uh, Tinkerbell is instructing Rob Williams on how to walk and talk like a pirate. <laughs> And then yes. he walks by. He walks by another pirate, and he's just like, uh, he's just, "How are you? Good. How are you? Not bad." <laughs> yeah, it's great. See, Mario, all this we're enjoying. All of this, you did nothing wrong to us, pal. Much appreciated. <laughs> Much obliged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also wrote down that I think Bob Hoskins went to the Joe Pesci school of replacing swears in a kids' movie. <laughs> Because there are parts where he's just like, brother, brother, brother. And I'm like, yep, he wants to curse because it's Bob Hoskins. <laughs> yep. And he usually plays a gangster that drops the F word every three words. Right. Peter Pan does meet some sexy mermaids. Yeah. So Peter Peter Pan ends up kissing a lot of women that aren't his wife. And I just have a note here that that's a great way to drown. I mean, if you're going to drown... That's the best way to do it. I wonder if, like, what I thought was funny, so he ends up in the water. Basically, okay, well, we should set this up. So basically what happens is Tinkerbell convinces Hook, like, give me give me three days. They get it down to three days. And I'll train Peter Pan, and then you can have your war. Basically, to spare his life. And Hook is like, fine. But then one of the pirates accidentally knocks Peter Pan into the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, tied up. The mermaids come over and give him mouth to mouth. Like, five of them. And then one of them takes off like his uh, his like tie or whatever it is at the uh, on his shirt, and then it cuts to like him being lifted out of the water. And I was like, I thought they were gonna like have sex with him. <laughs> so I thought they were like slowly taking off his clothes at that point. I always found that intriguing that people would talk about a mermaid. You know, that's it. The the sexy top half is a lady, and the lower half is a fish. Maybe they were just gonna blow him. Hey! They were hoping for a legitimate blowhole. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Robin Williams with a blowhole is not an image I need in my head. No, 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 no. no. Robin, it would be Robin Williams in a blowhole. That's I mean, almost worse. That's... <laughs> but no, he he wakes up in yeah. the Lost Boys treehouse. Lost Boys treehouse, and they are not happy to see him. No, they, they call him is. Old Fat Grandpa Man. Old Fat Grandpa Man, yep. Uh, and we meet uh, the most badass character in this movie, fucking Rufio, dude. He's got a pretty sweet trihawk, I'm going to say. Yeah, that yeah. red streak inspired yeah, Xavier man. Woods at WrestleMania. You know yeah. how it is. Yeah, and not by Terry Taylor, the Red Rooster. No, fuck that. Uh, so yeah, so Rufio has basically taken over since Peter Pan left all those years ago, and he even has possession of, uh, Peter's old sword from the back in the day, from, from then-a-days. Then-a-days, yes, <laughs> the, the, he has the pan sword, because he's the pan! That's Who's right. the pan? He's the pan! I'm the pan! You the pan! He the pan! You the pan. Uh, I would love to see a remake of that movie, The Man, called The Pan, with <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson as Peter Pan. 
And Eugene Levy just playing, you know, his Eugene Levy role. Just so two really old guys playing somebody who is supposed to have never grown up. Yes. Okay. Just so I, on the same page. My dream is to be a casting director, Nathan. <laughs> For canon films. <laughs> yeah. Sam Jack. They could never afford Sam Jackson. <laughs> or Eugene Levy. Cuba Gooding Jr. then. Okay, fine. And Steven Dorff. Cuba Gooding Jr. pre-Oscar. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, well, I mean, Cuba Gooding Jr. now probably is not that expensive. No. Oh, one of the missed opportunities to follow up <laughs> Jerry Maguire with fucking snow dogs. Ah. God damn. Or what was the other one? Uh... Oh, the fucking ice cream truck driver. Well, yeah, there was Chill Factor, but then he did that other one, Out to Sea. Or oh, Boat Trip. Or Boat trip, that's what it was. I'm, which I'm sure has aged gracefully. Yeah, considering he has to pretend to be gay yeah, to sure go on the trip. There's no cheap jokes in that movie. No, none at all. <laughs> so, speaking of boat trip, <laughs> Peter... <laughs> did it again, didn't we? Yep. Not talking about Hook again. Peter <laughs> is... Uh, it's kind of a madcap scene here, because they're chasing him around. They're chasing Peter Pan around, kind of messing with him. They got a pretty sweet half pipe. Yeah, yeah, they got skateboards and everything, right? And where'd um, they get the skateboards? Uh, they built them. Now, well, they, I don't think so. I I do have. It could be imaginary, like later. Well, no, I was gonna say I do have a theory about because they can travel to and from apparently the real world, like Peter Pan did. Right. Oh, so maybe you think Rufio they... bought them back for them. <laughs> Rufio went to the real world and lifted some skateboards. Went. Yeah, visited. Uh, Josh Brolin on the set of Thrashing. Oh, shit. <laughs> Beat him in a uh, uh, purse. The down, yeah, the, the, the downhill L.A. Massacre. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that makes sense. That checks out. No, you be there! You be there! Oh, you be there! Anyway, speaking of Thrashing. Yep. <laughs> so, eventually we get to the point where uh, Rufio is like, alright, I drew the line. Everybody who actually who doesn't really believe this is Peter Pan, come over to my side. And everybody does except for little pockets. And he is apparently a diviner child. He is able to find out it's Peter Pan from stretching his face. There you are, Peter. <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and much to Rufio's displeasure, the Lost Boys start to... Convi- be convinced that yes it is peter pan and yeah, he the pan not you the pan he the pan <laughs> you the pan he the pan and they uh they finally go okay fine it's peter pan like we're gonna train you etc etc but before that we go back to the jolly roger with the pirates mm-hmm. and hook is very upset he's fairly over dramatic <laughs> he's very well this is what i wrote down holy shit there's a suicide attempt in this movie <laughs> Right? I was like, I did not remember this. So while this is enjoyable, Mario, it is still bonkers. So it is within our wheelhouse. So thank you again for that. Are you getting dramatic? Goodbye, Smitty. Captain, why don't we play, play your island? Eh? You know, all the little engines and the soldiers and all the lost boys. No stopping me this time, Smitty. This is it. Don't make a move, Smee. Not a step. My finger's on the trigger. Don't try to stop me, Smee. I'm not again. This is it. Don't try to stop me this time, Smee. 
Don't try to stop me this time, Smee. Don't you dare try to stop me this time, Smee. Try to stop me. Smee, you better get up off your ass. Get over here, Smee. I'm coming. Stop I'm coming. Me. I'm coming. This is not a joke. I'm committing a suicide. Don't ever frighten me like that again. I'm sorry. Well, I'm some kind of a sadist. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How's you feel now? Like, this guy needs a therapist. Yeah, it's all a cry for attention. <laughs> this is like, wow, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, like, it's funny because it doesn't even really play into anything else. Like, I get that he's, like, bored, but uh, they could have played it differently. <laughs> and after the, the attempt, Bob Hoskins, a.k.a. Smee, is, is, is trying to cheer him up. Yep. And, uh... Old Hook doesn't think killing a bunch of Indians is going to cheer him up. And I'm like, wow. Wow. Good old 1991. <laughs> right. But, but Bob Hoskins, Smee has an apostrophe. <laughs> you mean epiphany? Yeah, then things. What is it, Smee? Oh, let me wax your mustache with my earwax first and I'll tell you. Perfect. It feels delightful. Fucking gross. <laughs> But the apostrophe that Smee has yes. is that um, he's going to poison Banning or Pan's kids against him. Children don't like me, Smee! But then Hook comes up with a great idea. I can make Pan's children like me. It's my idea that I came up with. In true wrestling promoter fashion. Yep. Again, Dustin Hoffman and Bob Hoskins killing it. Absolutely. Yeah, they're great together. Anyway, so back with the Lost Boys, we get a, a training, training montage. With a demotivational song, apparently. You're fat and old. Get into shape. You gotta lose <laughs> I, like a million pounds. Man, I, I gotta say that if anybody recommended a song like this mm. for like weight loss or getting into better shape, you're gonna send that person just hurling over the edge of a bridge or something because... So it would make yeah. them want to kill themselves. You're sending them into a real shame spiral. Exactly. And this is supposed to be a safe space. Exactly. And these Lost Boys are no Stuart Smalley. Right. <laughs> Just, you're good enough, you're smart enough, and doggone it, people like you. <laughs> but this is a pretty iconic scene coming up here, Nathan. Because the Lost yep. Boys per, per, uh, have a feast. Mm-hmm. But what's the... There seems to be something wrong with this feast. Oh, hold on. Before the imagined food, yeah. I know you want to get to that. Uh, we do get a bit where the first little bit of where Hook is trying to turn Peter's children against him. And he gives them a lesson as to why parents hate their children. Oh, yeah. What does he say again? Oh, before you came along, oh, yeah. they could go out whenever they want. They could stay up as late as they want. They could do whatever they want until you, I don't know, for lack of, I don't, I'm paraphrasing, you filthy urchins showed up. Right. Now, the, the daughter, she's like, fuck you, my parents love me, because she has been given that evidence. Mm. Meanwhile, Jack is like, you know what, he may be on to something, because, you know, as far as Jack goes, you know what, he may be on to something. <laughs> and then, like, I mean, this is this is later, but we might as well say it now, Hook and Jack also go into a room full of clocks and smash them the fuck up. Mm -hmm. 
And he then smashes his own dad's watch. Yep. Uh, Nathan, you seem to be getting emo- emotional here. It's okay. Yeah, you're 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 all right. Or yes, okay. I'm good. Uh, Nathan. <sighs> yep. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, let's go to the Never Feast. <gasps> Imaginary food. Imaginary. <laughs> oh God, here we go. <sighs> Damn it, Hook! You did it again. Oh Jesus. Tip. Hold on, we have a we have a we have a studio therapist now, Carl. Hey, Nathan, you're gonna be fine. Thanks, Carl. Yeah, just get over it, right? You're good, Doctor Carl. You're yeah, a good I'm doctor, Doctor Carl. Yeah, yeah. Can I go back now? You can. All right, thanks. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. He's a miracle worker. He really he is. Really is. No, no, uh, no, no faux sentimentality. He just gets right no, to the core of the he gets issue. Right, cuts right through it. Cuts yeah. right through it. That's he's great. quality. That's, you know, we're paying good money. He is delivering quality service. And I mean good money. Like, all of our Patreon money goes to Carl. I hate to tell the patrons that, but, I mean, that's where it's going. Listen, I want you all to know that the services of Dr. Carl. Dr. Carl. While we do do pay him, they are immeasurable. He is priceless. Priceless. Mm -hmm. Immeasurable. You can't even measure it with a parsec. Which is Right. Yeah. Which and is a measure not of time, I think. Talking about Hook again. <laughs> we are not, but that's because you started crying. Right. So, Let's go to the imagined food. Yeah, or the Never Feast. Which is weird because he can smell it. Right? Oh, yeah, and there's, like, steam coming out. Well... That he can see. Yeah. So, I don't know if it is uh, a mix-up or uh, a flub on the part of the movie, or if it actually is a nod to say that there is just a little bit of Peter Pan that's still viable within Mr. Peter Banning. You know what? I think I, I'll, I'd give it that maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, we're dealing like, we usually deal with some fucking hack filmmakers. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves here. Yeah. Uh, once in a while, you know, it's not always the case, but I mean, we've got Steven fucking Spielberg. Like, I feel like, it may not have been, it may be a flub, but because it's Spielberg, I'm willing to say that it might have been intentional. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, yeah, we're not going to end up doing a lot of his movies on this show. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe 1941. Possibly Schindler's List. <laughs> <laughs> My God, what a laugh riot. Um, <laughs> so, The Never Feast, again, not talking about Hook. Yeah, he doesn't see all this food that people are shoveling into their mouths. Well, we don't either, at first, as the audience. He finally realizes, like, Rufio is insulting him. We get this great insult contest back and forth. Yes. He calls him a substitute math teacher or something. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, he says substitute chemistry teacher, and then he says math tutor. Yeah. And, And Rufio's like, what? And then every time, by the way, someone does something that everyone likes, they say, bang orang. And any time they say something that they don't like, they go, <laughs> it's great. But Peter also calls him, and I'm not making this up, I noted this because it was one of the oddest placed ones, a nearsighted gynecologist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which I don't think any kids got, but the parents were definitely like, oh, yikes. <laughs> That's right out of the Rob Williams stand-up bits. Yeah, and if he says, hey, Rufio, if I'm a maggot burger, why don't you just eat me? 
<laughs> yep. Bang a rang, Peter. Yeah, and this is where we see that he can now see the uh, the imaginary food. Oh, you mean the food that they must have taken the time to make it look as disgusting as possible? I mean, you think about it. I mean, when you were a little kid, things that were disgusting were cool, especially Some as a of dude. It looks like vomit. <laughs> yeah, but think back to when you were like, you know, nine or ten. Grossing people out was fun. Yeah, but they're eating it, though. <laughs> and that would be the gross-out factor. Like, I don't even know if that... that doesn't even It doesn't even look like any kind of food. <laughs> no, it doesn't. And, I, and because it's imagination food, that's perfectly fine. It's a bowl of, like, toothpaste. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we do find out that one of the kids is named Thudbutt. Mm, yeah, and he's... I think he's the most awkward actor for me. Yeah. He's only been in this and one other thing, I think. Yeah, he'd been in like a few episodes of a TV show, but he, he's all his like lines. He's he kind of does like this. He's just like, Peter, you're one of the Lost Boys. <laughs> like it just like so- gets really soft at the end for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, which again, like I don't think I think most of these kids are not actors, but it is also kind of weird because like I usually find Spielberg when he has kids in his movies, he directs children really well. Yeah, but, I mean, not every single one of them can be a Henry Thomas. Every once in right. a while, you get the occasional early Drew Barrymore. <laughs> I, th- I mean, I think she's charming in E.T. Uh, yeah, but she's... it. The acting's not the most natural. Or, like, I mean, think of the part where she was like, Probably coyotes. <laughs> well, she, I think she was just talking about Peter Coyote. <laughs> Everyone's afraid of him. <laughs> Who is the sort of villain? Uh, so Hook. <laughs> yes, Hook. So let's not get uh, off on that. This ensues a food fight. The food and fight. And Rufio yep. throws a coconut at him, which he fucking pan slices right out of the air. Which let's just say would have not killed him, but given him a concussion. Yes. So Rufio is still not very nice to Peter. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's a it's a challenge for his authority, and again, he's supposed to be, what, 12? Yeah. So, well, Rufio, yeah. yeah. Is he, though? Because I thought he was, like, at times I was like, is he, like, 15, 16? Either way, he's considerably young for what happens to him later in the movie. Uh, yes. Yeah. Again, the hook brings you back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of hook, we go back to them, because they, they've organized a baseball game for uh, little Jack. He is smoking two cigars... In this scene. Um, I think my favorite is when one of the pirates tries to steal base, Captain Hook, or, (laughs) no, was it Smee or somebody just shoots him? No, he just says, he's stealing second, and one of the pirates just shoots this other pirate. And Captain Hook is like, like, bad fool! (laughs) We're playing by Jack's rules. Yeah. (laughs) So pirate baseball is just shooting people. (laughs) That's why they go through pirates so quickly. Yeah. But yeah, they have the baseball game so Captain Hook can be at his game. And this is when uh, uh, Peter and the Lost Boys kind of sneak in because they they know what they know something's going on. And Maggie has a a, a, a song cue that I felt oh. would have fit perfectly if this whole thing would have been a musical, but it's not. So it's boy, oh boy, kind of doesn't. Little kids singing in movies. <laughs> I'll tell you, yeah. not always successful. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's right before the baseball scene. Yeah. 
This is yeah, because yeah, that's my next embedded note. Because there's drunken wenches and a whorehouse that uh, apparently are frequenting this um, child's baseball game. Yeah, I think Hook's gonna set up Jack with a prostitute. It, by the sounds of it, <laughs> this movie took a dark direct, dark turn. <laughs> Escalated quickly. Got out of hand real fast. <laughs> I saw. I I stabbed a man in the heart. I saw that. Who killed a guy? This, <laughs> this does set up the Jack. I guess his his brainwashing wavering just a little bit because they're saying run home, Jack. Run home, Jack. Yeah. Which, what, his sister told him to do that. And then they're like, Hook's like, no, you've got it reversed. And they're like, oh, home run, Jack. Yeah. And I, I also have a note. We get it. Robin Williams was a terrible father in this movie. Yeah, they really nail that home, don't they? They really do. <laughs> Just hammer it yeah, super so hard. They He shows up with a few of the Lost Boys. They're watching the baseball game. And Peter sees Jack kind of embraced by Hook. And Hook is Hook saying like, "My boy, my Jack." And Peter's like, "Well, goddamn, we better go back and teach me how to fly quick, so I can stop him because he's literally stealing my child." Yeah, I feel like that if this had been a musical, this actually would have been a cue for it too, entitled the song "Gotta Fly." Gotta fly, gotta learn how to fly to stop Hook. I already got the lyrics too. Gotta get my ability back. Gotta help and save Jack. And then learn how to play pirate baseball, because that looks cool as shit. Brendan, we gotta, we gotta stop. We're giving it away. Oh, We're gonna be sh- famous Hollywood uh, Broadway producers. Right. We have to stop now. We don't give this away. Wait a second. Did you know that you can make more money with a flop than a hit? We can. Should we be saying that on the air? <laughs> shit. <laughs> So, uh, so Peter goes back and he's he's trying to learn how to fly. And then Tinkerbell is uh, appears, and this is a scene where we get a lot of exposition. Yeah, uh, we get uh, so Peter starts to remember his past. Is that uh, he was a baby <laughs> when he was a baby? He's in the stroller, <laughs> and the parents are like the parent is like so far from the stroller, just like yeah. sitting there. And I'm like, uh, you should probably like keep your kid in your eye line. <laughs> Uh, we, uh, you, an interesting tidbit, because a tidbit that's interesting, it's an interesting tidbit, and that's it. Interesting. Um, interesting, indeed. Uh, the youngish Peter Pan is played by Max Hoffman. Max Hoffman. Dustin's. Oh, Dustin Hoffman's son. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and also, another interesting tidbit, because it's a tidbit that's interesting, because it's an interesting tidbit, and that's it. And that's it. Yeah. Um, the young, one of the young representations of Wendy is Gwyneth Paltrow. I know, right? Crazy. Yeah, who would have been around 17, 18 at the time. Yeah, who was playing 13. <laughs> was she? Yeah, I guess she was. Yeah. I thought she was just supposed to be. I figured just like teenage somewhere. Wendy makes mention of her being the 13-year-old. Oh, okay. The granddaughter. I mean, she does look very young. Yeah. but the, And this is where we find out that Peter and Wendy... You know, that that whole thing was real. Yeah. He would go away back to Neverland. He never grows up because that's the idea of Neverland. But mm-hmm. every time he would come back, Wendy would be older and older and older and older. And then he, and then when he came back and she was Dame Maggie Smith, he said, Uh, bitch, you old. Uh, can I kiss that girl that's sleeping? Which I gotta say, if I, <laughs> if I were Wendy, I would be so upset. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
you knew this was gonna happen right because fuck fuck him what i wasn't good enough for you but my granddaughter is you son of a bitch and now you want to just do that while she's asleep on top of everything else which uh that girl by the way ends up being his wife later Mm. is moira who is also uh has a british accent which i don't know why i thought that was weird (laughs) I mean, I guess she's from London, but, like, it's just funny that, like, at the beginning of the movie, she's the only one with an accent in the family. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what's the story on this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he finds out why he wanted to be, uh, why he wanted to leave Neverland in the first place. He wanted to be a father. hmm And Jack is his happy thought. Jack is his happy thought, so he is finally able to fly, and Rufio returns his sword to him. And before they go to war with Hook, we get a weird subplot with Tinkerbell that I don't know was completely necessary. (laughs) (laughs) Because Tinkerbell somehow manages to uh, make herself, like, human size Mm -hmm. and kisses Peter pretty passionately. Yep. And he tells her, whoa, like, I I have a family, girl. That's Mm -hmm. what he says. That's the line. Well, no, he actually starts to forget yeah and then he says i love and I, yeah and he says i love moira yeah apparently that's a thing with neverland is that it if you're there you forget the real world oh 1991 and, julia roberts would make me forget a lot goddamn right oh. especially with that pixie cut Whew. jesus and then uh if you're in the real world too long it makes you forget neverland right and that's why he didn't know his past. Right. So, yeah. So, she's kind of bummed out. And she's like, all right, just go save your kids, you ass. <laughs> Hook, at this point, has dressed Jack to look basically exactly like him. As what? Captain Jack. Oh, shit. Right? Oh, if only he Prequel. had stayed in Neverland. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been amazing. Sequel to Hook with Johnny Depp as Jack. Yeah. Nice. I like it. And he was in Finding Neverland. It's all full circle. Oh, my God. Mario, I know why you did this now. This movie is the Rosetta Stone of every movie made in the 90s, the 2000s, and the 1980s. Holy shit. Bringing it all together. Okay, can we connect this to Romancing the Stone? Possibly. Okay. Well, I'll workshop it. Okay. <laughs> so Peter and the Lost Boys finally show up at the uh, the pirate, uh, the Jolly Roger, I guess. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get uh, something with Rufio that you were like, mm, okay. Mm. But before, uh, but Peter steps in between Rufio and Hook. He's like, no, no, I'll take them. But of course, he is distracted because Maggie calls out to him. Mm-hmm. So Peter goes off to get Maggie. Rufio has a sword fight with Hook. To which we get the line, looky, looky, I got hooky. Which is great. Yep. Yep. But Captain Hook murders Rufio. Straight up. Like, stabs him through the heart. It's- and I'll... Here's the thing. As a kid, I again, I did see this when it hit video. Mm-hmm. Um, This part of the movie, I... It was almost lost my breath. As a kid. Oh, it's I crazy, yeah. Yeah, because, like, someone just 
I, I mean, they uh, they shot the pirate earlier for stealing second, but I don't know that pirate's name. Yeah, his name is Glenn Close. You didn't know that. No, stuck in the boo box. That was earlier. Oh, sorry. But again, didn't give a shit. Yeah. Pirates, bad guy. Yeah. Rufio is, not only is he a good guy, but he's a kid. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, when I saw this, I was actually, for just a half second, I was like, he's not really... He's not really dead, is he? Yeah. I was legitimately concerned for Rufio when I was a kid. Well, yeah, it's actually... Even watching it now, I had forgotten that Rufio was uh, killed in that scene. I was like, whoa! <laughs> what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also, with Glenn Close, I mean, you don't feel any uh, any com- any compassion because, I mean, she's going to go off and boil a rabbit, so, I mean, fuck her. <laughs> we do find out that Thudbud is apparently a garbage pail kid. <laughs> yes, because he, like, rolls himself. Yeah. Down a flight of stairs like a fucking cannonball. With no, I don't know, concussion or facial injuries whatsoever. Nope. nope. None whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, so then Peter uh, Peter is like content just to take Jack and Maggie with him. Because he finally, Jack is finally like, what am I doing? I'm going to go back with my dad. He feels really bad about Rufio getting killed. Yeah. And just as Peter is about to leave, Hook is like, if you leave now... I'll stalk and hunt and kill every last member of your family, like, for years and years to come. Because Hook, yeah. Hook's not going to get older either, right? I'm assuming. So he, he'll just keep coming back and stealing kids, I guess. One of the funnier parts during the fight with with Peter and Hook is that uh, Peter says, you know, you looked a lot bigger uh, when I was young, <laughs> the first time or whatever. Yeah. And he has the most unfortunate phrasing in a line that I've ever heard. Uh-oh. To a 10-year-old, I'm huge. Oh. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> he also... he also It also kind of made me laugh because I know that Dustin Hoffman is actually very short. Yeah. <laughs> and he's clearly wearing, like, huge lifts to make himself look like Captain Hook or whatever. Yeah. And Hook drops some serious adulting science on Peter here, where he talks about, like, going back to your dead-end, dreary fucking life. Oh, yeah. it's It gets pretty dark. Yeah. So Hook and Peter have their big fight scene. And unlike the final fight scene in last week's movie, this is actually a lot better. Yeah, quite good. Uh, but it finally... Um, he gets hooked down, he knocks his wig off, and we can see, oh, it is Dustin Hoffman. Mm-hmm. And he says, okay, you know what, you just go, I won't, I, Peter says, make sure you take your ship out of here, never come back. And Hook is like, of course, of course, you have my word. And of course, a pirate's word is Bond. So Hook takes out a dagger, though, at the last second, and charges, but the crocodile thing he has stuffed comes to life, I guess? No, it's... <sighs> It's knocked over, but it but it like moves though. It's weird because again you have to take a, you have to take the whimsy and the also the fact that it is never never land. Yeah, because like you could argue yes that it just like falls over, but also when it falls over on him, it's like the mouth part covers him, which wouldn't which might not kill him because you know he's not actually squashed by it. But then mm-hmm. when they look, it has devoured him. Yeah. So I'm not really 100% sure what happened. Although, in in fairness, uh, Maggie did try to get uh, everything to be left alone, just like Peter did, because he... Just leave him. He's a mean old man who doesn't have a mommy. Good old Maggie. 
Yeah. But Hook is dead as fuck. And Peter ha- is going to return home with his kids, but he leaves Thudbutt in charge of the Lost Boys. That's not going to work. Really schmaltzy ending. Yeah. Also not a great pick. <laughs> I don't know. He's the... He's, I guess, the biggest who's supposed to be able to protect or the smallest, so... But, um, yeah. Go back to the Maggie and Jack return to, uh, to Wendy's place, I guess. Yeah. And... Peter has his little farewell to Tinkerbell, who is clearly still emotionally ruined. Yes. And says, that place between when you're waking up... Sleep and awake. That's where I'll be waiting. I'll love you there. And I'm like, fuck Tinkerbell. They they definitely uh, did not <laughs> skimp on the, the that schmaltzy emotional stuff at the end, for oh, sure. So much. Yeah. Peter gets back, gets another call from his associate or whatever, and he's like, "Hey, have you ever felt the exhilarating feeling of flying?" And throws the phone out the window. Which, by the way, again, I want to mention that phone was thrown into the snow by his wife earlier in the movie, and the, the dog buried it. The dog buried it. The guy is still on the line. No, he calls him back because no, he picks up he the hears... phone. And he no. says, "Brad, you're still there." No, he. Oh yes. Yeah. Well, no, because there's a point where the phone rings, the phone's ringing, and he he does the pose, and he goes, Tink? Oh, okay. Well, I th- it was weird, because the way he said it, he was like, you're still on the line? Yeah. Because I thought he what did that. Doing? Oh, duel to the death. Jim Jim Hook, I'll tell you all about it. Yeah, he's like, oh, I gotta climb a drain pipe, because I don't have enough fairy dust, obviously. <laughs> that, yes. And... He is clearly fired because they think he's on drugs. Right? That that movie, this movie ends with a bunch of pe- white suits and a net. Yeah. <laughs> if it makes any sense. <laughs> they gets the marbles back. Oh, right. We didn't mention that, I guess. But the old guy that was kind of nutty in the, in went at Wendy's home was always talking about, lo- talked about losing his marbles, which we kind of brushed off as like, yeah, he's losing his marbles. But he literally lost his marbles because he was a lost and- boy. And Thudbud gave them back to Peter to give to him. Yeah. So he gives him his marbles. And he's like, oh, I've got my marbles back. And I'm like, mm, eye roll. Is this over? <laughs> <laughs> well, not. Um, he starts. The reason why he wants the marbles back is because there's pixie dust in it. And the old guy starts flying. And Liza loses her fucking mind. Yeah. So does that mean he's just going to go hang out with the Lost Boys? <laughs> I don't know because all we we're parting shot with Peter standing with hands on hips, looking out the window up at the sky like normal people do, mm. with his family around him, while the old guy flies all around Big Ben and the uh, Tower Bridge. <laughs> the end. The end. Nathan, would you recommend this movie? Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Honestly, it's a pretty good movie. I mean, there are definitely things in it where I'm like, well, what? <laughs> but I, I think. Again, I think Mario hit it on the head in his intro is that it wasn't he wasn't the target demographic. Yeah, for sure. If you're not anybody like, in their Yeah, I mean, why do you give a shit about anything that's whimsical when you're in your 20s, especially in the early 90s? Yeah. I'm not the oldest podcaster in the world. And even if I wasn't into something whimsical, I can objectively say it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. Even Patty was like, this is really good. Why are you guys covering it? And you were like, beats the shit out of me. 
Someone gave it to us. <laughs> it's listener's choice. I mean, Mario, you kind of got it right. It is. It doesn't. Like, definitely has questionable choices in the movie, and it does kind of that in that way. It does kind of fit uh, the show, and of course, its its reception overall fits in line with this too. Mm-hmm. So, good job. There's even a, a gag about this movie in uh, the Clerks cartoon series because there's a scene where uh, Randall as Dante's lawyer in a courthouse episode is calling all these famous directors to the stand to ask them questions about their movies. He's like, man, episode one sucked. And he's like trying to get his money back and they do it with hook and Batman and Robin. Yeah. I, I, that does actually (laughs) ring a bell there. I know there's a, uh, there's a, a YouTube video, uh, with Kyle Mooney who's on Saturday night live right now. Yeah, and he does a sketch with him and Beck Bennett where they're kind of doing an homage to the to the imagine imaginary food. Okay, that, that's that's pretty great. <laughs> uh, just search if you guys are listening. Just search Kyle Mooney Hook, and you'll find it. But yeah, so we're gonna take a break, and we'll be right back. What were they thinking? Is brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a leading provider of shared, reseller, VPS, and dedicated hosting solutions. Award-winning support is available 24/7, 365 days a year via phone, email, and live chat. Discover why over 9 million websites trust HostGator. Use the coupon code SCHLUCK for 25% off your first purchase. That's SCHLUCK, S-C-H-L-O-C-K, for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. What were they thinking? Welcome back to the show. Uh, yes. Normally we transition into this, but... We didn't. Uh, we were already bringing it down during the uh, ad break. I just uh, wanted to be economic. <sighs> Save on time mm. and bandwidth. I see. I Save see. on audacity. Mm, even though it's free, right? So Nathan, this is the point of the show where we do our low haiku. Yes, the low haiku. Seventeen syllables to express our feelings about. The film we just talked about, Hook. I believe you did begin last week, so I'll start us off. Mm. Please do. <clears throat> Spielberg on this show? Wait a sec. That Bob Hoskins? For Screen and Country? I, I did enjoy the shameless plug of your other <laughs> podcast during your low haiku. Well, I've only mentioned it because we just did a Bob Hoskins movie not that long ago. Very so good. So it was interesting to see him in, on both ends of the spectrum. Ah, uh, yes. <coughs> yes. Peter Pan is old? Wait, I thought this was good. Bob Hoskins rules. Oh, what's wrong? Wait, I can't, I can't pull out of this voice. What's going on? I guess I'll have to do the rest of the podcast like this. 
okay, that's it's it's weird because you're in between your your NPR voice and your crazy radio voice. Ah! Oh. I was really hoping you're going to be stuck there for the rest of this. I, but oh, there you go. It it just it was it gets harder every week. It's going to happen one of these days, Nathan. <laughs> it's it's building to that moment. <sighs> Let's talk about Hook. So the movie starts with oh wait, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about Hook. Mm-hmm. But we you know we told you what we thought of it. But what do we always say? Well, we always say... Yeah. Don't take a word for us! This movie has a, one of the biggest disparities of a movie we've done on this show in terms of yes. critics and audiences. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, the critics rating is at a 26%, mm-hmm. and the audience rating is at a 76%. And let's look at also the disparity. Only 61 critics bothered to do a review on this. 730,000, almost 731,000 people have weighed in on this on Rotten Tomatoes. And I will say, too, it is a little difficult for older movies. Um, You're always going to get less reviews, I find. Because, you know, we didn't have the internet in 1991, so it wasn't... uh, it's not as easy to kind of gather them all up. So critics ratings, critics. Uh, I got, I got the first, I got a first one here ready to go. This is from okay. Gene Siskel, R.I.P. Yeah. He simply just said a woefully uneven retelling of the Peter Pan story, which is not really a retelling, but I get what he's trying to say. Tells me that uh, Gene Siskel missed the point. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not think... a retelling. It was a continuation. Yeah. I think he just didn't care for it, which is well, fair. that's fine. Yeah. Um, well, Jay Boyer of the Orlando Sentinel had a different take on it. It's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, over two hours of thrills, spills, elaborate sets, and special effects, all tied together by a pleasingly varied and lighter than musical, or sorry, lighter than usual, (laughs) musical score by John Williams. There we go. John Williams, who was ripped off by someone last week. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, so this is uh, Owen Gleiberman of Entertainment Weekly, and I think this is, a f- I don't remember if this was fresh or not, I think it is. Uh, young kids will love this stuff. You're always aware of the effects, though, because Spielberg hasn't integrated the match shot, storybook backgrounds, and other technical devices into the story. They're held up for the audience to ooh and ah over. Yeah. So I think he's like, it's a little showy, instead of, instead of trying to integrate it more into the story. Yeah, okay. Which is fair. Yeah. Jonathan Rosenbaum of the Chicago Reader um, says Spielberg's Neverland carries undeniable uh, charm and depth. Uh, the problems start when we're asked to accept its two-dimensional residents are anything other than tourists on a forced march through its various nooks and crannies. That feels like he's not into the whimsy. <laughs> no. And the, which, the schmaltzy stuff. Yeah. And I feel... If you're going to watch this, you have to have some sort of affection for whimsy to begin with. Mm -hmm. That being said, if you're watching a movie that is clearly a Peter Pan movie, just by the title and poster art alone, you should know, I need to be whimsical. Yeah. I will say, too, though, like, the thing with critics and audiences is that 
I feel like if you're an audience member and you're paying for a ticket to go see a movie, especially if it's something like a source material that you're already pretty fond of, I think it's yeah. a lot harder for it to disappoint you. Whereas I think with critics, they just they watch everything, right? This is true. So I think maybe as an audience, I'm not saying every time, but I think sometimes as an audience member, you have a little bit of bias already. Mm-hmm. Like, it'd be pretty hard for me to not like, I don't know, like a movie with Jake Gyllenhaal, because I think he's fantastic. Okay. So, but I think if a critic saw a Jake Gyllenhaal movie and didn't think it was good, they just like, it was terrible. And I'd be like, eh, you know, it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> like that explain fucking, it away a little bit more yeah like, like that yeah. fucking netflix movie velvet buzzsaw which i was like i i think if jake Hall would have been someone else i wouldn't have been as okay with it because it was kind of iffy it was made by the same director that did nightcrawler so that's why i was like oh this is gonna be awesome okay but it was not but anyway <laughs> dennis king from tulsa world which sounds like the really sad version of disney world Oh my god, that would be terrible, wouldn't it? <laughs> Just people singing Oklahoma the whole time. Uh, Hook is a huge and impressive movie. One could say it's the ultimate baby boomer fantasy. Sadly, it's loaded down with grown-up compromises and calculated Hollywood devices to really make us think happy thoughts, dot dot dot, and fly. But that's the thing. With this movie, while the whimsy and fanciful stuff would appeal to kids, the facing of your own mortality... I while it might be a bit of a downer as far as subject goes, it is something that would draw parents in a bit more. So they're not just like, oh, it's another stupid kids movie. Yeah. So I think that adds to it rather than detracts from it. I agree. Okay. Well, People Staff. Uh, <laughs> that's a, that famous act uh, critic. People yes. Staff. Mister Staff. First name People. Right. Who works for People Magazine. Got a magazine with his name written all over it. That's how he got that fucking job. Right. Uh, What it all is, really, is a glorious Spielbergian essay on the value of gold doubloons of rampant sentimentality. Uh, Sentimentality, rather. Mm. That's a uh, fresh? Give it a fresh. I think there's more to the the review, but... uh, Rotten Tomatoes keeps taking me to a different website so I can read all of it, so I'm not going to. Pornhub.com. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, what the fuck? People Magazine, Red Tube. <laughs> Look at these people. Undressed. Let's, uh, uh, shall we doldrum? Oh, I got one more critics okay. one here, because it's from Stephen Hunter of the Baltimore Sun. And yeah. he says, PP, phone home, or at least get a new agent. P.P.? Peter Pan. Oh, okay. Ha! Stephen Hunter, you zinger. Terrible, that's awful. <laughs> All right, audience reviews, let's do this. All right. You got something ready there? Uh, I've got a three and a half one here from okay. Balin R. Good nostalgic film. My favorite Peter Pan movie. Three and a half stars. Hmm. Don't know that I've seen any Pan movies other than this and, like, the Disney one. <laughs> Um, I know there was one there was there was one that came out like three years ago there was one with like Roberto Benini from like that Life is Beautiful movie and no, I was like I think Pinocchio. Pass. oh Pinocchio that's the one yeah. yeah no there was one that came out called Pan though that had Hugh Jackman in it and it tanked hard yeah. I think it was only at the theater for a week whereas most movies stay there a minimum of two yeah uh, this one's a two star review 
Spielberg, Roberts, Williams, Smith, and Hoffman, and a John Williams soundtrack should be a recipe for success, but with a su- surpriseless plot, placid acting, I think he may mean flaccid, uh, mishandled action sequences, inexistent character development, and some of the worst dialogue that could ever be written. This is easily the biggest disappointment of the past half century. Maybe six-year-olds can appreciate the colors, though. <laughs> That's a backhanded comment at the end. A little bit, eh? Yeah. Uh, straightforward. Oh, Michael C. Uh, Paul. He gave it five stars. I, I'm guessing. I mean, it's implied. My right? show, Dexter, is better, but this is pretty good. <laughs> five stars. One from my childhood that still steals my heart to this day. Critics hated it, but families fell in love with it. Watching it today in 4K, you can tell the beauty in every spot. People should... And then my review cuts off. I'm guessing get it or watch it or see it. Fucking cell phone. (laughs) Uh, This is a one and a half stars. Pan became American. Why? Pan speaks with the American accent. Why? And they play baseball, a typical American sport. I don't know why there's a question mark. Why on earth did they do that? Exclamation mark. I think he messed up his punctuation. Peter Pan is a British story. Also, the movie is too long. The father-son relationship is really predictable, and the end is too Hollywood style. The fuck do you want from Peter Pan? A gritty reboot where he's shooting people? Yeah, Rob Williams with a British accent. Do it. Shooting people like He-Man. Yeah, with his guns. Peter Pan (laughs) using guns. That's what we all wanted. Uh, Lorenzo, five stars. A unique... Yeah, probably. (laughs) With his big flowy mullet. (laughs) A unique movie with Spielberg's unique touch. A gateway to all things we truly are and we sometimes forget. I think that one was written on the set of Snake Eater 2. Because it was Lorenzo Lamas. (laughs) 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 All right. This one is, uh, this is a two-star review. Hook is kind of an alright movie, but I don't enjoy it as much. It's still a great story about a man having his two children getting taken away by a whole bunch of pirates on a pirate ship and him going to Neverland to save his kids by the worst pirate of them all, Captain Hook. That's a long sentence. I guess you could say it's sort of a Peter Pan story. While it doesn't really follow the actual Peter Pan story itself, it's still got a great cast in it. Dustin Hoffman, Rob Williams, Julia Roberts, and Bob Hoskins. Such a nice cast. (laughs) Do they not get that it's a continuation? I think that's the running theme here. Fuck. (laughs) Also, I love it. It's just like, a great cast. Such a nice cast. I have one more short and crazy one. Okay. (laughs) One star. My sources did not find this movie entering. My sources did not find it entering. So not only did you have sources watch this movie, but you didn't find the movie to be entering. That's uh, strange. Right? (laughs) Oh, boy. All right. Well, this is it. This is the end of Listener's Choice Month. I want to thank everyone that picked movies. And uh, even even if you didn't get your movies picked, thank you very much for submitting choices. So specifically... Uh, the people that did make it in, The Spirit from the Home Video Hustle, uh, Duty from Shaken Not Nerd for uh, Deep Blue Sea, Josh Coatsabasakis 
for Masters of the Universe. And, of course, Mario the Superiority Complex for Hook. So thank you all so very much, and thank everyone else for submitting picks. Mm-hmm. And now... We go back to our regularly scheduled programming, and of course, as we said before this whole thing began, we are going going weekly. So, movies every week. A right. movie. A movie every week. Maybe talking about multiple movies in an episode would be crazy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, next week, our American brethren are celebrating a very special holiday. Yeah. July the 4th. Their day of independence. Right. So... We're going to uh, give you a little hint-ski. A hint If you've been paying attention to our Twitter page, you may already know. Because we did a little poll. And the winner of that poll was a movie that I'm going to hint at right now. <clears throat> Get them rooskies. That's it. Okay. All right. So next week. And if you, uh, you know... Stay tuned to the Twitter page. We'll reveal that on Monday. You got a few days. Think it over. I think it's considering the movies that were up for grabs. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. Well, people will have to go back a little bit on the timeline. So hopefully we get legitimate guesses. Right. I don't know why I'm being so harsh on people. Rather just a bunch of squeeze. They're doing it. <laughs> oh, I know one person that's going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that's it. Uh, your old pal, your old buddy, ready to, to uh, give us a little message? Sure, yeah. Okay. Hello! Mm. It's your good friend, Montrose. What am I doing here two weeks in a row? Uh, well, uh, we actually, we're doing uh, weekly now, Montrose. So. But. Weekly full episodes. So this isn't a mini episode? <laughs> no, it is not. So I'm going to have to show up to this thing every Every bloody week. I mean, that would be nice. Yeah. Uh, we could maybe get your voice on tape. Uh, we could... should, should, fine, fine. Let me just, uh, just get, uh, get in my headspace. Give me a moment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. Unique New York. The skeleton took a shower. Ah, human torch. Bank loan. Bank loan. Hello! Hi! Good friend. Stop it! Oh, sorry. I did it again. Knock it off. Hello! It's good friend Montrose Monkington Third here. And uh, I apparently I'm here every week now. Uh, but since I'm here, I might as well make hay where the sun shines. Um, I will say, uh, please check out my, my YouTube channel, Montrose Monkington TV. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook and be friends with me uh, at Montrose Monkington Third Esquire and friends. Or if you do uh, part around on the Twitter, you can follow me at Montrose the Third. That's the number three R D. And uh, you know, just just send a, a brief tweet to your your simian friend, uh, and, and give me maybe your your most delightful banana daiquiri recipe. So yes, follow my socials and uh, be sh- be sure to stay tuned because I'll be here every pissing week now. Thank you. More later. He seems a little upset. I, I think, well, it's it's a full episode, and uh, when when we talked about the promotion contract 
last year. He had, had written in that he didn't have to be on any episode that wasn't a full episode. Yeah. So now that they're all full episodes, I think because we got him with the loophole, the legalese, as they say, he's a little <laughs> upset about it. And that's why I hired Jerry McDevitt as our lawyer. Yeah, he's, he's a solid lawyer. Not in the, he's just like Dr. Carl, worth every penny. Every right. penny. Oh, Dr. Carl is uh, just smoking a joint outside. Well, I mean, it's just, it's on his break. Yeah, he's on his break. And and it's, it's legal, legal in Canada, yeah. You can do it anywhere you want, right? Yeah, not anywhere, but we've given him permission <laughs> on our personal property that he can do that sort of thing. There you go. Oh, oh. Oh God, he's selling dr- he's selling drugs to kids, Nathan. Okay, that is not legal in Canada. <laughs> oh, never mind. He was just what? He was just giving him his business card. Never mind. Oh, okay, that's fine. So, uh, yeah, so you can fi- find us on the social media on Instagram and Twitter at wwtt podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Just search "What Were They Thinking." Uh, you can you can send us an email if you want wwttpodcast at gmail.com Ooh. sure why not Wait, throwing that <laughs> one in there Holy. I know right why not do it up uh, no nudes please or you know maybe nudes I don't know depending on who you are I mean <laughs> if it's Carla Gugino I mean we're cool okay with that oh you're talking about Carla Gugino naked oh oh my goodness I can my 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 middle oh my eastern European heart cannot take such things uh, 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 no, she's. We're talking about Carl Gagino. Oh, she's hideous. Exactly. I will take my leave of you now. See, see you, Milosh. <laughs> Bye. Is it Carla? Oh, No, not... we just we just covered this Borsty. Oh, it's not Carla. No, it's Carl. Good, 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 Gagino. I can't remember how Brendan pronounced it, but it's not, it's not, it's not Carla Gugino. Okay, bye, Ned and Bradley. Uh, okay. Whatever. At least, at least he didn't call you Brandon. Uh, yeah, thank God. <laughs> so getting back to that, you can also find us on all the podcatchers. You can find us on Podbean, www.ttpodcast.podbean.com. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all that good stuff. And, of course, if you want to find us on Patreon, you can sign up to, to uh, be a patron and get lots of cool things in return. And uh, we're, we have stuff on Public and Redbubble, so check that out as well. And, of course, next week, you know our clue. You know what to tune in for. Mm-hmm. Check us out on Monday for the reveal. And if you're on Patreon, you get the episode two days early. Ooh. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Wiggle, wiggle. But Nathan, we've come to the end. We have. And I guess I just, uh, I mean, I guess I have questions. Well, you fire away, my fine-feathered friend. I really just, wait, what? Am I a bird? (laughs) I I mean, I guess my question is, am I a bird? (laughs) What were they thinking? (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Hi, everyone. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. And we make up the Cutaways Podcast. We're watching the good, the bad, and the essentials of the romantic comedy genre. So far, we've fallen in love with Cary Grant, met up with our terrible friend, pal Joey, and had the desire to run our fingers through Patrick Dempsey's hair. Join our slumber party for your ears every other week. 
brought to you in stereo from our blanket fort in Hollywood, California. You can find and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcatcher. Our digital blanket fort can be found at thecutaways.com. If you are the social butterfly types, you can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at Cutaways Podcast. Bye! It's time, let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple brews, baby. We love your movies. We love the bad ones, too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy With a one-life plot holes a gratuitous boobies It's time to get busy with your friend Stephen Izzy At eilfm.podbean.com